to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We are also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business leader challenged with talent, attraction, employee engagement, or supporting mental health, we can help. Use your benefits package as a key to unlock your workforce. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host, Al McDonald. Al, we're uh, 2024 recording the podcast again. What do you say? Very excited. You're right. We're back from a bit of a break. Looking forward to a, a new year of podcasts and looking forward to our guest today. So I'm um, very excited and eager to get going. Here, well, here we go. Without any further ado, joining us today is Chris Collins. With a career spanning over two decades, Chris proudly embarked on a journey with people to go in 2001 as its very first employee. Throughout these years, his professional narrative has been one of versatility. As a pivotal force in the company's growth, Chris contributed to transforming people to go into a trusted provider of IT resources and technology services for organizations of all sizes across Canada and the U.S. This journey has not only shaped Chris personally, but has also afforded him the opportunity to accumulate a diverse set of skills and a profound understanding of the industry. Striving to be a sales leader who inspires and enables success in others, Chris dedicates himself to lifelong learning and fostering meaningful and productive relationships, positioning himself as a trusted advisor to both colleagues and customers. Chris's leadership philosophy is dual-faceted. Firstly, Chris leads by example, setting a high standard of transparency and accountability that encourages others to follow suit. Secondly, Chris embraces a consensus-driven approach involving various stakeholders in decision-making. This inclusive strategy has proven successful, particularly in leadership roles where garnering support ensures the execution of ideas, strategies, and visions. In March 2020, Chris became part of the ownership team at People2Go and immediately started re-engineering the company, focusing on creating employee-centric culture that I'm very interested in. Within 14 months, People2Go achieved a great place to work certification and every internal and external performance metric improved, helping achieve Chris's growth objectives. Chris, quite the intro. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. Well, why don't we start with right at the beginning, people to go. I'd love to hear more just about what the company does, who they are, how long they've been around, and then we can jump into it. People to go has been around for, was incorporated in 2000. Our founder and CEO had the foresight to recognize that in the technology industry, it was evolving at a feverish pace and the average technology service-based organization could not keep up with the on-demand and ever-changing needs resourcing needs more specifically of their clients. So he just made a very calculated decision to leave a very high paying job at, a, at one of the largest technology companies in Canada and start up 
a technology staffing company specifically for the technology industry, which was a very bold move at that time, especially with the dot-com fear that everybody was dealing with. So we quickly landed some customers very quickly in the beginning. And as time went on and we were providing different types of technology skill sets to them under a contract staffing model, they wanted us to put more skin in the game and start providing services on a fixed rate basis where we actually helped them manage the deliverable to a successful business outcome for them and their clients. So we made a very conscious and informed decision to incorporate a field services division of people to go, which we aptly named Dispatch Us where we dispatch different types of technology resources to go on site and fix your laptop, deploy a server, do rack and stack on UPSs, uh, you name it, right across the country. We service all 10 provinces, three territories. A significant percentage of our business is what we call SLA-driven, meaning we have to be on site within four, six, eight hours, depending on the impact of the issue to the end client's business. So we typically work with a lot of very large enterprise technology, service-based organizations, some of the largest technology companies in the world, quite frankly. We have a very significant presence with small business and medium-sized business. Small business, I'm very, perhaps have an emotional attachment to because we are the beating heart of Canada. We are vital for our national prosperity and the economic engine. We're also the hardest hit by the pandemic and certainly the hardest hit by the economic downturn we're dealing with right now. So we really like to help small businesses sustain themselves and thrive. And when they thrive, we thrive with them. I love that sentiment as a small business owner myself. So I agree with that. Can we maybe go a little bit back in time? Because when you and I first met, we had such a great conversation. And I'd love if you could just share your background. Like, how did you end up where you are today, you know, as part of the ownership team? What was your background and where did this all come from? It's a trip down memory lane, Robin, but yeah, I never in a million years thought I'd be in IT. When I was in high school, I couldn't even spell IT. Technology was not front of mind for me in any way, but long story short, born and raised in British Columbia, one of the most beautiful places in Canada, fantastic place to grow up. I was very young. I was pretty idealistic and I already had an idea of what I wanted to do, more specifically what I wanted to study after I finished high school and where I wanted to go to uh, university. So I ended up studying, I did a bachelor's degree at UBC in European contemporary history, and I specialized in World War I, World War II, the World Wars, right? I'm an extremely passionate amateur military historian. So I wanted to follow a career, perhaps getting my PhD, and then I sort of dovetailed and said, maybe I'll go into law because I was very, I was sort of driven by being able to make a difference to people's lives and obviously the economic impact. But my goal after I finished university was to move to Europe. When you grow up in a small rural town like I did, there's history, there's culture. It's not the same. And Europe has been around for thousands of years. So I moved to Europe shortly after I finished university to follow my dream, a goal I set myself before I was even 13 years old. And I lived in Prague in the Czech Republic, one of the most beautiful places on earth. I mean, it's the city is stunning. And I immersed myself in the language, culture, the system, the people. I learned to adapt very quickly. If I went out to have some drinks, I would go drink in a Czech bar. So I didn't have to sit there and speak English to Canadians, Americans, Brits, you know, you name it. I wanted to immerse myself in everything this beautiful country had to offer. And I taught conversational English to people who are typically independently wealthy or work for large multinational companies. But I recognized very early on that as much as I loved living in Europe, which I absolutely did, I wanted more. I wanted a lot more. And I really wanted to be able to make a difference, not just to myself, to my family, but to people's lives in different shapes and forms. And while English, teaching people it's conversation English was important in Europe, I was never going to make the type of money I was hoping for. I was driven by having a very prosperous life. 
So I left Europe on January 18, 2000, shortly after the millennium, and eventually ended up back in Vancouver. And I went and did a diploma in computer programming. I don't know the first thing about IT, as I mentioned at the beginning of my preamble here. So this was a pretty bold move for me, given that my education is very theory-oriented. You want someone to write you a very long paper? That's me. We want someone to fix a computer? That's not me. It certainly wasn't back then. But again, I was very committed to starting a career in IT because I actually thought it might be my gateway back to Europe. So I worked feverishly to finish my one-year diploma program, actually ahead of schedule, graduated. Then I jumped in my 86 Camaro, drove across the country to Ottawa in less than two days, driving 22 hours a day because I was ready to start a career in IT. Unfortunately, at that time, it was about April 2001, we were dealing with our first economic downturn of the new millennium. And it was extremely difficult for people who were entry level in IT to find jobs at that time. There were a lot of workforce reductions, a lot of people losing their jobs. So I took a survival job working as a sales associate and personal trainer at a gym in Ottawa. And at this gym, there were a lot of people working in IT, a lot of people who worked in government. So I was building and nurturing relationships. I was networking with these people, getting to know them and their families and what they do. And they, in turn, they got to know me. And eventually, there was a couple that I was training. And the husband, fantastic guy who I'm still in touch with today, he got to know my story, much like the one I'm telling right now. He said, you know what? I've got a program I administer for the uh, Information Technology Association of Canada designed specifically for people like you, the people who have good degrees in the liberal arts who want to get into IT. And I happen to know someone who's starting up a technology staffing company. I think you two would be a match made in heaven. And he put us together and the rest is history. I became the first employee of People to Go, December 11, 2001. Our founder is 